The times are changing. The grass is greening. The days are getting longer. That means golf season is upon us. With April approaching, the Saturday scrambles at Sayre will give way to Thursday nights. Tournament season will also fill the calendar in April, starting with the two-man alumni scramble and ending with the second annual four-man known as the Bob at the end of the month. Slots are filling up fast, so get your team in today by contacting Sayre National at 580-928-9046. Come enjoy the atmosphere at Sayre National, Western Oklahoma's most inclusive club. Throw balls far. You want good words? Data language. Talk real sports with a real man. Come after me. I'm a man. I'm 40. And now here's the be-all, end-all, know-it-all of high school, college, and pro sports. Aaron Skinny Calc with the Skinny on Sports. We're talking about practice, man. I'm the MVP. And a good mo- uh, excuse me, Monday morning out there, Western Oklahoma. Welcome to the Skinny on Sports on location here at Sayre National. Hanging out in the sports bar at Sayre National. What a beautiful weekend. I bet this place was hopping on Saturday. Yesterday afternoon, it got really nice as well. Once again, Saturday scramble goes off without a hitch. Haven't missed a single one yet. That's been uh, awesome. Those will... Saturday scrambles will continue through the month of March and then transition to the Thursday night. I think April the 6th is that date. So the last Saturday scramble, April 1st and April 6th. Uh, winners, eight-hole playoff? Eight-hole playoff. That is, the voice you hear there is uh, Jay Manning. Uh, were you involved in the eight-hole playoff? I was not. You were not. Looks like Keyshawn, Stan, and Phillip That's were right. the winners. That's Three right. Three-man team. Uh, Jay Manning is here with us uh, this morning talk about what's coming up at Sayre National. So uh, I'll just turn it over to you. Tell, right. tell us what we got coming up uh, here at Sayre National. Man, we got a lot going on. Uh, so, of course, March Madness starts this weekend. Um, you know, a lot of, a lot of games going on. Big weekend for that. Uh, TVs will be going. You know, we'll have some stuff going on here as well. We hope everybody comes out and joins us. Uh, Man, after that, so, you know, it really kicks off the, the tournament schedule. we got Alumni Weekend, which is always huge for us. Uh, got, a, got a, you know, great tournament that day. You know, of course, Friday night, we hope everybody comes out and gets together. And then uh, Alumni Weekend, as far as the bash goes, on Saturday night, well, you know, we have the Dean Jackson Band again. Um, you know, that's a great deal. It's $10 wristbands. It's a great night. Everybody gets together. It's a, it's a really good time. And it's right, right after the uh, golf tournament. So, um, you know, in that golf tournament, two-man, so – Hopefully we can get, you know, that thing filled up. It's $100 a team. Um, they just, you know, call the clubhouse for that stuff. Uh, that's also Masters weekend, I believe. So, you know, it will be a good, good thing to watch some good golf there. Uh, also, and then, of course, uh, end of April, April, I believe it's 28th, 29th, maybe 29th, 30th, but is the Bob, which, you know, our first two-day two with a Calcutta tournament, we did that last year, uh, learned a lot from that, and we're super excited about this year. We've got a lot of help. Um, you know, with some great sponsors there, Momentum, uh, Transport, uh, Great Plains Bank, you know, there are two kind of big sponsors there, and they really helped us. We added a couple more. Uh, Wheeler General Store, uh, they came in on this year, helped us out a lot. And then also we've got Cud and Barbara Dyson Ford. Uh, they're going to be out uh, making sure we're nice and hydrated, and <laughs> Cud's going to be cooking for us uh, both days. Uh, you know, big shout out to Dina helping me with that, getting that thing rolling. Uh, that's that's going to be huge for us. Uh, didn't have didn't have that last year, so we're we're really excited. We got, like I said, a ton of stuff going on, and we're really excited the direction of the golf course. Yeah, it, it's that time where you look out, a couple of the trees are starting to bloom. Oh, yeah. A couple of them aren't yet. You kind of waiting on that grass to really kind of get that green kind of turn it around. I know. Yeah. You well, know, greens are punched, so it, it's just. It's like the it's almost like Christmas Eve in a lot of ways, waiting through the month of March, getting all the stuff that has to be done done. That way, April comes along and you guys are ready to roll uh, with the tournament schedule. Oh, absolutely, yeah. We just need a little rain for sure. Did we get any last night? I don't think so. It didn't no, look. Like I don't it. think anything measured. If we did, okay. it, it, we got some. I think Saturday night too. At least where I was at, I walked outside and it was sprinkling. But then I checked my rain gauge next day. Nothing. Hardly a drop, but yeah, we need a good we need a good soaker. Um, now that it, like everything you said, a lot of uh, aeration's gone down and, and 
ready to get that get the course looking good, and I'm sure it will be. They do a good job out here. Oh yeah, we got a lot of a lot of different things going. We the course is going to look totally different than it did last year. A lot of a lot of neat things going on right now. So we're we're like I said, very excited about that. What are some? <clears throat> Jimmy's kind of cute. Clued me into a couple of the changes that I think you'll definitely see for the Bob once that that on that weekend of the tournament. Uh, give us an idea of what the what maybe a couple of those are. I mean, definitely, you know, of course, on number five right there, that 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 pond's going to look a little bit bigger out there. Um, you know, those big hitters, they like now they got to contend with that. So uh, then also on number six over there by the by the road, they they there's a kind of where that little mush and stuff was. That it's now a pond. It's it's a, so we've added a pond and uh, you know there's just a lot of it's going to be it's a whole different course when you when you really think about it, especially on number six there. You're not going to be able to hit it on that right side and have a clear shot to mm -hmm. get there anymore. So, and there's just a lot, like I said, a ton of things really just differently. We number six, we've got some stuff going. Uh, we've got kind of like a trench there now. We're trying to work on some things that those those uh, roots are growing into the green. So, but a ton of stuff, man. It's like I said, I, I'm really excited for it. When like like you said, greening up, it's going to look nice. It's going to look really good out there. Hanging out with uh, Jay Manning here this morning, uh, talking about what's coming up at Sayre National. I have a request on the text line. Uh, can you make the greens bigger? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. I, I don't you think you got to say do. who asked that. You got to <laughs> ask Tyler. <laughs> he played here Saturday. He, I know. Yeah, he did. <laughs> <And> so, <laughs> but I don't think that's an option yet. So, <laughs> oh, excuse me. Alumni weekend is coming up, and you know, I think we were out here together last Friday, last year on Friday, and all of a sudden. We went from a, a low key gathering yes. to you it, know a bunch, but you know the, the back the back room is obviously available uh, to rent. The classes want to get together. How do they go about doing some of that? Yeah, absolutely. If you you know if you need the back room there, you just call the clubhouse, uh, and Megan will get you hooked up with that. Um, yeah, but also just even just coming out on Friday night. I mean, it's just a you know we've got a great place here to you know to sit around and. And have a good time, and and yeah, like you said, last Friday it was or last year on Friday it was very low key, and then it just it blew up to a, a really nice time. So uh, we're really hoping that's the same thing this year. Uh, hoping for some great weather, but uh, we'll we'll take whatever we can get for sure. Yeah, and then of course Dean on on Saturday. Yeah. That's always an awesome attended oh, event. Yeah, that, lots of people will be out here. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's a great time. They do a great job and keep the keep the crowd going. And yeah, we're like I said, very excited about that. After the, these first couple in April, what else do we have going on throughout the year? I know the, uh, Jimmy Squall Forever is now it – was, it was early, now it's late. Yeah, it's um, in August. In yeah. August. What else is there? So we've got, of course, uh, the 27 hole, the Kiwanis tournament's coming up. That's always Memorial Weekend. That is a great tournament, uh, usually filled up, and they, they do a really good job with that. That's one of the funnest tournaments we got out here. You know, and then we got – uh, the Merritt Ag Boosters are putting on a tournament as well in June. I believe that's June 11th. Uh, just, you know, they're trying to raise some money for their kids, and that'll be a great event. Uh, I believe it's going to be a four-man. I think they're still working through some things, but uh, we're really excited for them on that. And then uh, after that, you know, you fall into July 4th weekend, and uh, our tournament will actually be on that Saturday. So that's a four-man. That's always a great one. So, um, and yeah, and then Quell Forever would be in August. So, yeah, we're, that's kind of where we're rolling. So we, we've got a lot of stuff going on for sure. On some of these events, you might have said, I'm sorry, did – or if someone wants to bring a team, yeah. how do they do that? Do they yeah, just, just – I mean, the best way – call a clubhouse. I mean, these girls will get you hooked up. And they can – I mean, they'll – and if they can't, they'll give they'll give them my phone number. They can call or text me and get that get that handled. Uh, it's it's super simple. I mean, we'll – you know, obviously we'll get you signed up. And uh, calling the clubhouse, that'll be the best way to do it. And, of course, and if you need carts, you can always rent carts through here as well. So – uh, but yeah, we we have some spots left for, of course, alumni weekend. Uh, we're we're getting close there, but in the Bob that afternoon session's already pretty full. I think we've got two spots available there, and then the morning session on Saturday we've got some spots available. So we definitely need some need some more teams. We'd love to get everybody. Love to have a full crowd for sure. Oh, now you're taking it from uh, <clears throat> family members on the text line. Oh, who's that? Dakota. Uh, you're yeah. never going to talk to him again. You're going to be famous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> that phone number, 580-928-9046. Uh, Megan, whoever else would be okay. here at the time, they can uh, get you written down. Absolutely. And you did good. Thank you. <laughs> you did good. A lot uh, of info, yeah. You yeah. know, I, I, 
I'd heard the Bobby might be here. The actual Bob. The actual Bob. Yeah. The, the Bob didn't make it. I don't know if he'd have been as, as smooth as you were. <laughs> well, I, I appreciate I, that. I would have been a lot more concerned with Jared needing to have his hand on the deal to pull it down. Yeah. If Bobby was sitting here. <laughs> I have a mute button. <laughs> just, just in case, huh? Just, just, just in case. Once he gets started, just get ready. Get ready. <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, once again, uh, you got the, the alumni. That's the eighth of April. Mm-hmm. You got the Bob at the end of the month, 29th and 30th, and then also Saturday scrambles throughout the all the way to Mar- uh, April 1st. April is that 1st. is that Saturday, yep. and then the coming Thursday. So the Thursday before Alumni Weekend is the first, will be yep. the first uh, Thursday night scramble. Yep. And it, you know, even last night it was like weird. Yeah. It wasn't seven, bad. We were just talking about 7:30. You know, yeah. Like, yeah. Still just bright as can uh, be. And it was the temperature wasn't horrible. It was wasn't uh, that bad. If you got out of the wind, it was it was nice. You can find some good opportunities to golf. In Oklahoma in springtime, if you could, you time it out just right. And you're, like you said on Saturday, we got we keep getting those nice Saturdays. So it sure was, take advantage of those. It scrambles. was windy, but it was really warm. It was, yes, warm. It was warm. Hot. Yes, it was. Yeah. All right, Jay Manning, thank you so much uh, for stopping by, joining us here on a Monday morning. Of course, hey, you got anything else? No, thank you guys so much for having me on. Appreciate it. Quint left you alone the entire time. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, now you got to go to work. <laughs> yeah. All, right. <laughs> All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, uh, the NCAA tournament field was announced yesterday. We'll talk about that. Hit some other topics with uh, Jim coming up at nine thirty. Skinny on Sports, hanging out right here in, at Sayer National. 98.1 FM, the sports animal. Are you looking for a place to watch the excitement of March Madness? Maybe a spot to enjoy the final round of the Masters? Or do you need a venue to hold an alumni get-together? The clubhouse at Sayre National is your spot. Maybe you just need a spot to relax after a round of golf. The sports bar at Sayre National is the place with huge TVs and plenty of cold beverages to turn those bogeys on the course into birdies afterward. Don't forget the banquet room can hold a lot of folks with access to the sports bar as well. Come enjoy the atmosphere at Sayre National, Western Oklahoma's most inclusive club. The Skinny on Sports. Welcome back, Skinny on Sports, 98.1 FM, the sports animal. Hanging out here in the sports bar at Sayre National. This place is going to be hopping. Uh, um, with the game starting Thursday in the NCAA tournament, be a perfect place to come on out and watch and hang out Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Um, what's the forecast? It seemed like the forecast for next weekend was a little bit cooler than what we've been having. Is that right? Uh, yeah, first day of spring is supposed to be about freezing. That's Thursday, right? Thursday seventy, Friday oh, fifty. Or maybe it's Friday. I'm thinking about like that. The, the nighttime lows at twenty nine. Yeah, we're overnight be- Thursday into Friday, twenty seven, twenty five, twenty nine. Don't plant tomatoes yet. <laughs> Not yet. No, wait till. <laughs> don't do that yet. I was having a conversation with somebody over the weekend about what's the temperature going to be. Like you might hold off. Mm-hmm. I'm planning anything right now. Yeah, 52 on Saturday for the high. So that would be a perfect time to snuggle up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Question on the text line. How does a team like Texas Southern with 20 losses get in over Oklahoma State with 17 and plays in the toughest conference in the country? Well, I would assume Texas Southern won I'm, I'm their ass- conference I'm tournament. I'm assuming they got an automatic bid. Would be my guess. They're they're Yeah, they're down in the uh, – play-in game to play Purdue. And so I'm sure they won their conference. You know, that's – it's kind of the beauty, but it's also – I know we've talked about this a whole bunch of times about the NCAA tournament, right? It, everybody gets enthralled by, you know, the upset, the little guy. And then if the little guy keeps winning and, and ends up Sweet 16 or even to the Elite Eight or sometimes even into the Final Four, though we've seen with, you know, a VCU or, or teams like that. And then you kind of get to that point and you go, Ugh. this isn't any more fun anymore because they're just going to get drowned. Yeah, you want those blue points. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like, like the perfect scenario would be, all right, let's get, some, let's get some cool upsets in round one. Be sure every one of those teams is beaten round two and then have like the ones and the twos playing each other in the Elite Eight. Right. It, it, can we, it, that would be like the perfect tournament, right? It, it just doesn't happen like that uh, very often. Uh, but, but isn't that the intrigue, though? It's why people tune in. They, they tune in to, to a see certain if uh, extent, UNC yes. Asheville can take down a UCLA or, or, or an Oral Roberts. Can mm-hmm. they take down Duke? You know, that's what a lot of people tune in for and, and root for that upset. But I'm with you. When you get to the Final Four, 
I'm not excited about George Washington playing UConn or whoever they played that year because Florida, Florida, and, and then what happened? Florida just ran him out of the gym. So not, uh, but it's you know, but we tune in to that Final Four. Well, can they keep it going? And then when the writing's on the wall, they go, okay, well, when's the next game tip off? Exactly. <laughs> it's an 18 point game at halftime, and you yeah. go, huh, I kind of wish that wouldn't work that way. But it, um, it is, but the point is that is the intrigue of this tournament is to get upsets like that. But at the end of the day, you want those blue bloods in the final four, right? You want those the best teams, not necessarily blue bloods, but the best teams. You know, you want. I mean, is it boring to have all four number one seeds in the final four? It doesn't happen very often, and when it did, it was an awesome final four mm-hmm. back in two thousand eight when Kansas won their first title under Bill Self. Yep, it was a fantastic final four. Um, you know, I, I think this is going to be interesting, though, because it, it it doesn't feel like there is any team that, you know, sometimes it, when, you, when you look at your bracket and you're thinking about, okay, well, this team's definitely a favorite. And this team, you know, there, there's mm-hmm. like two or three where you're like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm picking them for sure. And then who else, you know, coming out of the, uh, one of the others? I don't feel like there's any team one seed or not. I don't feel like there's any team where I'm just looking at their bracket going, oh, yeah, they're a lock. I just don't. Um, we've seen, you know, as much as Kansas was rolling and, and as many good wins as they've had, what, 17 quad one wins or what have you, and then they get blown out by Texas. We see Texas be up and down. Purdue, I mean, they look great in the Big Ten tournament final yesterday, but are we trusting Purdue? Purdue's never made it to the Final Four. You know, Arizona, UCLA, that UCLA was kind of that team out of out west. You know, you know, there's one that and they're limping in a little bit and they're hurt. They get there's some injuries to some different teams. You know, Houston gets manhandled in their final against Memphis. And and then there's Alabama that nobody wants to root for anyway. And maybe they're the team that's playing the best as they just dismantle A and in the SEC final, but everything that's kind of swirling around them. It's a it's a weird tournament this year, at least going in for me, because I just don't see a whole bunch of of teams that are that are just not locks, but mm-hmm. but teams that you'd be surprised if they weren't in the final. You can four. see speed bump or uh, road bumps for these teams that are perceived as heavy favorites. And like Kansas, their second round game is either Arkansas or Illinois, and you can see that you can you can. See an upset there if you call it that. Well, that's um, I'm looking at Houston, They're either Iowa or Auburn or Auburn. That, exactly, same scenario. Yeah, you know, that that doesn't. It seems like an awful tough second round game. And then possibly Miami, and I mean, and like you said, we I've seen Houston. I'm not sold on Houston. I think we talked about that last week. You know, they're. I would love to see him win it just to see Samson, you know, make a run, get to the Final Four again, and 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 hoist the trophy. That'd be awesome. Just to kind of, you know, for his career's sake. But that team has just been kind of, I can't put a lot of stock into him. Or or a lot of trust into him. They didn't play, they didn't have their best player yesterday. And so that probably contributes. But but then how much does that carry over into this week without Sasser? Are they, you know, game one, you can get by Northern Kentucky just fine. But then when you get into the next game, you know, where, where is his health? And we saw in the first half was just Memphis mauled him. You know, a lot of people are all of a sudden liking Memphis uh, to take out Purdue in, in round two. And how about um, the potential of Texas versus Texas A&M oh, yeah. in the second round? Kudos to the committee for setting that up for us. Yeah, Thank you. You can go ahead and guarantee that was on purpose. Yeah, absolutely. But, yeah, I mean, you look in that Midwest, I mean, Gosh, I can make. I feel like I could make a case for three or four or five different teams getting out of there. Especially, mm-hmm. you know, if you decide, okay, I don't, I don't trust Houston, like I do some of these other teams. I mean, clearly, but who we do saw, you trust? Well, them? we yeah. saw Miami make a run last year. Um, Indiana's been a team that's either been, you know, they've been good at times and eh, at times. Texas, I mean, A and M was second in the regular season in the SEC. Would you put it past them? As a seven, I mean that it, that was one of the the main talking points that most people had last night with criticisms was how in the world is A and M a seven, making it to be in the second place in the regular season in the SEC in the finals of the SEC tournament? How in the world are they a seven? And so, 
you know, when you start looking at some of those teams that you feel like are underseeded, that would be one of them. And so Texas, not only is it A&M, but then it's also an A&M team that most people think it's better than where they are on the seed line. I think we answered that question. Why are they a seven? Because it was more convenient to put them in this game to set up this match. Yeah, maybe so. <laughs> I mean, I'd, if I had them, I'd rather been a three. Yeah. <laughs> where Xavier is. But anyway. Yeah. That's I, I, exactly what I thought they should switch places with, maybe. Maybe not that dramatic. Maybe Xavier, somebody else, but I would see A&M as a three seed. So you got uh, the, the story around here. Oral Roberts, the only, only team from Oklahoma in the tournament. Oklahoma State left out. I thought it was almost jarring to, when, when they asked the question to um, the, the head of the, the committee. Mm-hmm. And he mentioned, and then they put up that graphic of Nevada and OSU side by side. And, and he, he almost, he, with what he said, he almost used playing in the Big 12 as the reason they didn't make it. He mentioned they had 18, time, 18 chances to win Tier 1 games and only went 6-12. and 12. Well, that's all well and good. Nevada was 4-5 and five in those same games, so it's not like they had a sterling record in those quad one games. Um, but at the same time, the, the argument was, well, they got half the chances, mm-hmm. and they won two-thirds of the games. So, you know, they only, got, they only got nine chances, and they won four, while OSU had 18 chances and only won six. I mean, it, it, it's... It's OSU's fault. Listen, you go back and you look at the Southern Illinois loss, some of those losses at the first of the season, and then when you lose five out of your last six regular season-wise through down that stretch of the Big 12, there's not a lot of griping that can really be done because with having that many opportunities at quad one wins, you had it. It's in your own hands. It's in your own destiny, and OSU just wasn't able to win. You know, literally one more game to be able to, to get into the tournament. Yeah, that, that – the losses down the stretch stood out to me. That's why I wasn't sold of them being in, because I thought that's what the committee would see, those red L's and not those green W's next to their uh, schedule there at the end of the, end of the year. And then the blowout loss to Texas. I, I, I mean, I was firm on that. I thought if they even just stay close with Texas, you know, make it a competitive game, that m- maybe push them over the edge to get in this tournament. But I still think they believe I, – I still believe they should be in this tournament. Don't get me wrong. I just had a feeling that's the way the committee would lean based on everything what I just said. Yeah, I mean, a, a bunch of the bracketology people had them the last team out, and, or the first team out, I mean. And sure enough, that was the case. That's exactly, well, that's yeah. exactly what the case, yep. case was when you saw what the, what the committee did. You know, it's, here's the thing about it. Be better, and you don't have to be in that situation. Right. I mean, there's 32 – or 36, I guess, at-large bids. Is there really a lot to gripe about if you're not one of the best 40? I mean, 40 or 45, you know, once you mm-hmm. take into account some of those tournament uh, winners that were, you know, in going to be in anyways or what have you, or ranked higher than that. I mean, it just it, – it's it, this, this, the state of college basketball in the state is poor at both of the big schools, and that's just the truth. The truth is Oklahoma State – while better than OU, still wasn't any good. And it was proven out yesterday because a team that's any good at all can get an at-large bid into the NCAA tournament. They just can't. I mean, it's, yeah. it, it's, it's become easier, and especially with the, the, the four play-in spots now that you know, add, a couple, add a couple of extra spots. It just, you know, it, would you like to see it make it? Sure. To have another more of a rooting interest, I guess, into uh, what's going to happen this week. But at the end of the day, um, there's just and, and I don't think you saw a whole bunch of vitriol, you know, on social media of oh, I can't believe they didn't. You know, it just I think those days are almost kind of over because there's so many teams that get into the tournament that there's not a whole bunch of griping about it. If you don't, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. It's just like yeah. because I think as it's gone on, that idea of well. I mean, if we can't get into the field with 68, what are we even doing here? And so that, you know, you, you see Dickie V come on and on, on that show just rail and rant and rave about this and that, this team and that team. Even that's kind of subsided. And you ask the question and they answer it and there's no, 
pushback whatsoever. Just kind of a, okay, well, whatever. Uh, The one thing that Seth Davis did try to press yesterday during the, the selection show was when you look at the way that the committee ranked the teams, the number one seeds, they had Bama one, Houston two, Kansas three, and Purdue four. Does that surprise you? That uh, is that just a reflection of what happened on Saturday in Kansas City with with Kansas getting blown out by Texas, uh, even though Houston did lose, Houston lost without their best player. So, uh, but I, you know, it felt to me like going into the weekend, Kansas was the number one overall seed. Really? It, I don't. I mean, yeah, everything you saw was, and then you they lose a And M. Uh, or excuse me, Alabama wins the SEC, and all of a sudden that flips. Maybe that was more of a bracketology guy's thought versus um, what the committee was thinking. Yeah, yeah I, I, I think Alabama is the – and I agree with them being the number one overall seed. It felt like they're, to me that they are the hottest team right now in the nation. Does it to you with how they've been playing? Well, I mean, if you take away one game for Kansas, yeah. But, I mean, Kansas has way more quad one wins than anybody in the country. It's not even close. Now, their net ranking was down a little bit, and that's got to be a function of maybe some out-of-conference games that they didn't have. I mean, who they beat? They beat to Kentucky maybe early in that. Uh, but yeah, but Kentucky didn't do many favors it the just, season they had. It just seemed like, I mean, that that was to fall from one to three for losing one game seemed like a pretty big tumble when you when you start talking about the top teams and having their whole season resume there in front of you mm-hmm. with where it looked like it was going coming coming in so i thought that was interesting uh, that not only they didn't hold on to the number one overall seed they didn't even hold on to the number two going down below houston and oh by the way what what comes with that they're going they have to go to vegas instead of getting to go to kansas city in the sweet 16 and the elite eight so that's a huge huge drop for kansas uh yeah and you know Jayhawk fans would like to go to Vegas. That's okay. Uh, I think they'd rather go to Kansas City. I know that, but there's a little <laughs> consolation. Oh, okay, we can't go to the KC. Vegas, baby. And, oh, by the way, let's not forget, the number one overall seed in the tournament got beat by 25 in Norman, Oklahoma. I mean, does that really – What an should, should that not just disqualify you immediately <laughs> from being the number one overall seed if OU beats you 25? I think it should. Yeah. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, we'll get Jim's thoughts on the NCAA tournament bracket, a whole bunch of other stuff as well. We're hanging out at the Sports Bar at Sayre National, 98.1 FM, the sports animal. The times are changing, the grass is greening, the days are getting longer. That means golf season is upon us. With April approaching, the Saturday scrambles at Sayre will give way to Thursday nights. Tournament season will also fill the calendar in April, starting with the two-man alumni scramble and ending with the second annual four-man known as the Bob at the end of the month. Slots are filling up fast, so get your team in today by contacting Sayre National at 580-928-9046. Come enjoy the atmosphere at Sayre National, Western Oklahoma's most inclusive club. The Skinny on Sports. Mock! Yeah! Ing! Yeah! Welcome back. Skinny on Sports, 98.1 FM, the sports animal. We're hanging out at Sayre National this morning. Uh, Jay, stop by tell you all about what's coming up in April. we got the Saturday scrambles continue through April 1st. Then uh, that first week in April, it'll go from the Saturday to the Thursday nights, Thursday nights, April 6th, and then, of course, throughout the entire summer. The alumni tournament, the 8th of April, is always a fun time. That's a two-man, and then the four-man two-day, uh, the Bob, at the end of the month. Uh, it's a great time, too. It's second year for that one, and it went off uh, really, really well last year. So everybody get involved. 928-9046 is the phone number to be able to get into each or both of those tournaments coming up next month joining us now is the voice that you'll hear right here on these airwaves at two o'clock it's the ultimate jim traber jim how are you this morning good morning fellas uh i am uh, a little bit out of it today i had a uh, gosh i had a tough weekend fellas i i finished 37th out of 1100 out Ooh. there in uh, tulsa but gosh man the hand that knocked me out dude i i'm gonna win the daggone tournament but uh this dude uh, calls me with uh, a, str- a gut shot straight draw and a flush draw and hits his gut shot straight draw for literally, it was about an $800,000 pot. So, um, 
But anyway, other than that, I'm, uh, I'm alive and doing well. What were your thoughts just kind of overall about what you saw yesterday uh, from Oklahoma State not being in the big dance, but then also uh, the other brackets and, and the way that everything shook out there? You know what, fellas? I usually don't study the thing until today, mm-hmm. uh, so I kind of know a little bit about it. I will tell you that OSU didn't – I mean, listen, we, I talked about it last week. I'm not going to complain about them not being in it. Their own daggone fault. You know, they got to win some games that they had. They had those three games toward the end of the year. Right, it was Kansas, um, TCU, and Kansas State, I believe, all on their home floor, and with good crowds, I might add. You got to win one of those games. If they win one of those games, I think they're in. I mean, they're nine and nine, and then they're off of the stupid bubble. So, I just—it's um, their own fault. And frankly, as I watch them, college basketball nowadays stinks. You, you guys know how I feel about this. But as I watch them, they shouldn't be in the tournament, guys. I mean, I'm sorry. I mean, they they got one of the worst half-court offenses I've ever seen in my life. They're incredibly um, non-disciplined, if you ask me. I guess that's where I'd be, undisciplined. Uh, so I just – they throw the ball to the other team. I mean, I, they're just – they're not a real good ball club. And interestingly enough, to show you how bad college basketball is, they're the number one seed in the NIT. How bad is that tournament? <laughs> So it's just, uh, they blew the daggone thing. They did. They blew. They had a chance. And I know Avery Anderson. I said the other day on the radio, Avery Anderson must be Michael George. Because all I hear about is, oh, Avery Anderson, Avery Anderson. Yeah, well, I know that they miss him. But they they had their chances to win and they didn't do it. So they don't belong in. They really don't. Now, do I think that they'd be on a neutral floor, be favored against some of those other teams that get in? Probably. Do I think they could beat them? Probably. I think they could also lose to just about anybody in the tournament on any given day. And you go back and look at some of their losses early in the year, and those hurt them a lot too. So it's just a uh, it's a tough situation, but it's their own daggone fault. Do you find yourself less interested when uh, OU and OHU, neither one, are in this thing? Oh, I don't know about that. I'm, I, I'm not really daggone very interested in college basketball anyway. I mean, yeah. I, I watch it. I love watching uh, OU and OSU play and then talk, you know, commenting on it the next day on the radio. But I think college basketball stinks. And I've been saying it for years. The, the, the coaches have taken over the game. You know, they don't let, they don't let the kids play. Some of the scores are just ridiculous, you know, 20 points and a half. And that's just not OU and OSU. I mean, it's happening all over the country. Now there are some teams that run up and down and they're fun to watch, but there aren't many. So, um, I don't know. I mean, look, I'll watch, obviously, and I'll talk about it. But, dude, I used to be so into this. Mm-hmm. Mark Rogers and I would go to the – listen to this. We would go to the Big 12 tournament, and then we would get in the car on Sunday because usually OU or OSU was playing in the last game. And we would drive home, and we would find a radio station from who knows where. It could have been Chicago or wherever. And we would – I would be driving, and Mark would have a piece of paper. He'd be writing down all the teams who's in, who's out, and then and then we would talk the rest of the way about, what do you think about this game? What do you think about that game? That's what it used to be with college basketball. Now, I mean, I don't, I'm sorry, but I, I, think, it, I think it's crap. I apologize. I mean, I, but I don't think it's any good. College basketball is not any good for me anymore. Ironically, because OU or OSU is not in it, I, I kind of find more interest in it because I'm not rooting for anybody. <laughs> And plus, it's on when I work, and I'm able to distract myself from the stuff I actually have to do. But that's interesting. That's an interesting take. You know, I don't. I don't I'm not rooting for any. Maybe be rooting for ORU this year, but they take on Duke the first round, so that uh, that interest might level might. Yeah, go they down, really but. got a. That's a rough. That's a rough opening game, man. Golly, they. Uh, that's that's kind of a shame that they have to play Duke. But you know what's unbelievable about this tournament? Teams that are red hot get beat in the first round, and teams that are stinking it up win. So you just never know. I mean, but I think this is going to be a really a Duke is rolling. What mm-hmm. they won like nine or ten in a row, I think. Yeah. Um, you know, they, not that the ACC what it, is what it used to be, but win turn too. So they're they are uh, they're a really really tough team. And I'll tell you what, if ORU beats that, might be, it'd probably be the best win in the history of the school. I can't remember when Bill Seth was there. He had some really good wins, but I can't remember who he beat. But uh, that would be a great, great win for their program. But that's a tough, that's a tough one. Man. 
Yeah, when you look at the other number five seeds, you could have played St. Mary's, you could have played San Diego State, you could have played Miami, and instead you get Duke. Yeah, that, that, you're exactly right. I mean, I, I don't know if I can pick them against Duke. I might, probably would have picked them against some of those other teams. And then what was it? Texas A&M, Texas A&M's up, they're the one that got kind of jobbed, I yep. think, for their uh, I think all they want to do is have them in Texas play. That's exactly what Jared you know? said. That's exactly what he oh, said. Oh, that what Jared said? Yeah, that's ex- exactly. Yeah, because, I mean, when you finish second in the SEC regular season and make it to the finals of the tournament, that doesn't seem like a seven seed to me. No, you're right. It shouldn't have been. Let me say this, too. Uh, Lenardi got 67 of the 68 seeds. Um, so it's pretty obvious that we need to start listening to him, everything he says. And he had OSU to first out. He was right. Yep. And um, but there weren't. I don't think there were. I don't think there were any teams that had a great argument. Usually we go, oh my gosh, how did this team get in? I don't think there was one team that you would go, gosh, they really got job here. They they should have they should have gotten in, right? I don't see one. No, I mean, I mean when OSU they compared them to Nevada as kind of the last two. And Oklahoma State was Isn't six. That embarrassing? Yeah, it's, it's six and twelve in quad one games. Nevada was four and five, and so and then the the guy made the point. The, the head of the committee, well, they they got two less wins and nine less tries, um, and so that's kind of was well, the, the but, differentiator. But but listen though, I think that's a little bit ridiculous because what if they'd have played eighteen quad one games? Right. What would they have done? I bet you the amount of money if they were in the Big Twelve, they weren't going any better than six and twelve. See, I'm arguing for OSU when they shouldn't get in. Yep. I'm just saying that there's some there's some things to me that are kind of stupid, like that one right there. You know, you can only play who's in front of you, so you know they only got nine quadrant one games. But still, I mean, put put Nevada in the Big Twelve, and I'll bet you any amount of money that they're not any better than OSU. Matter of fact, I think they probably are not as good as OSU. Now that's Steve Alford, right? This is the fifteen that he has brought to the league. The tournament, you know that? Oh, that's right. So that what that joins uh, Lon Kruger. Yeah, um, gosh, dude, there's a couple of them. I heard them yesterday, and I can't remember. Was um, oh gosh, who was it? I can't. I'm, I'm lost now. Did Patino get five? Couldn't have been Patino. I can't remember. You'll find it. But yeah, he gets his fifth team in. That's uh, that's crazy. Five teams to get in the tournament. Patino did it yesterday too. Uh, there you go. Yep. I knew. I thought I had heard Patino's name. Yep. Yesterday with Iona, I uh, was. A, uh, you know, it, he's an interesting case because it seems like uh, with all the the craziness that went on at Louisville, he started to kind of come back, and now you're starting to hear his name for some of these uh, Power Five jobs. Uh, once check they get check. beat out, that would be impressive. Well, your coach <laughs> gets in trouble, you get rid of it, and then you're going to bring in Patino. Wow. <laughs> you go. That would be. Incredible! You fire your coach for a Bible verse, and then turn around and hire Rick Pitino. Uh, yeah. The beard thing was didn't, didn't make much sense either because of that. Now it looks like he's going to get hired at Mississippi uh, here just any time. Um, I want to switch to the golf yesterday, uh, the Players Championship, and, and Scotty Scheffler. Man, he was awesome. It, about the time it looked like it was really going to be kind of a close nip and tuck battle. He makes five birdies in a row and just kind of stomps on everybody's face en route to his uh, Players' Championship. It, it's amazing where he's come from, Jim, and just like a, a year and a half worth of play uh, coming from kind of a guy that was up and coming to now, I don't know, the best player in the world. I love the dude, man. I really do. I had to beep at this guy, man. We're sitting in this light. He's got his right-hand turn signal on, and he's not moving. He's just sitting there. So I had to beep. You didn't tell me you were driving. That's what we do on the East Coast. Okay. <laughs> We, we beep at people on the East Coast. Uh, <laughs> I know. Oklahoma, you guys don't do it. Um, okay, what was all oh, the golf? Yeah, listen, he, he's absolutely amazing. I mean, he is just he is just a tremendous player. I really, really wish that Rom yeah. could have, you know, or somebody like that could have been up there to really see a kind of battle. But, yeah, he just, I mean, those five birdies in a row were incredible. Um while he was making those five birdies in a row, I was getting knocked out of that tournament. So I was not really happy at the time when he was doing it. But uh, yeah, he's he's a great player. Let me tell you something too. Have you got you know you guys didn't know anything about his caddy, Ted Scott? Yeah, he, he was Bub. Uh, he was uh, Bubba's caddy, right? Well, you need to if you're on Instagram or wherever, you need to follow this guy. He is a big time 
descriptions. He he leads uh, like the uh, like all the caddies and stuff like for like you know uh, like Sunday devotionals and stuff. He's an amazing dude, and he's a great follow. Man, he does videos, and he just seems like a great guy. So I really have kind of fallen in like with him and and uh, and Scheffler. So I really ha- I'm really happy. The guy's a great player, man. And there, what a what a battle we've got at the top here with him and Ron. And I guess you throw Rory in there. I can't stand. Well, I'm starting to like him less and less. But uh, Rory in there for his game. I mean, it it. We have we may not have Tiger Woods, and I know you guys are very sad about that, along with others. <laughs> but we've got some great golfers at the top. We really do. Yeah, it would just be nice to see coming up here in April. Those guys play. You know, every now and then you'd get the Phil, Ernie Els, Tiger. You know, all of them. Ratif would play great at the same time. VJ Singh. You know, and get to see those guys battle at the top of their games. I'd love to see Rory and Rom and Scheffler and Justin Thomas. You know, th- those guys play great at the same time. You know what's amazing, though? If you look at I know you guys follow golf, especially you just getting – what's amazing is very, very rarely did, did those big boys play like in the last group of a big tournament. Mm-hmm. Very rarely. It hardly ever happened. Matter of fact, I believe that, you know, on a weekend, like Phil and Tiger played like less than 10 times yeah. in the same group. You know, and I'm not, and I'm talking about like in anything, you know, you, you got to get incredibly lucky to have them play in the same group and it just didn't really happen. But yeah, well, I'll tell you, if we could get a weekend at the Masters of the U.S. Open where like Rom and Scheffler are, you know, are paired up, oh, that would be, that would be must-see golf. Man. That would be awesome. How much do you think, and I think the, the answer is obvious, but... <laughs> with the changes that were that were discussed or being discussed and being implemented, how much did Live Golf actually force the hand of the PGA Tour to make these changes to these designated events? Uh, about 150%. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, this is what happens. You know, when you have a monopoly, I, this, this reminds me a whole bunch of when Craig Humphreys and I started the radio station. You know, the station that we were on had no competition. There wasn't any other sports in the entire area. And we went and we started this little station on this little signal, and um, they suddenly had to change. You know, they were running as many commercials as they want because they were selling them for nothing. We came in and started selling for more, convincing people to come on, and we did, and they had to change. It's the same thing here. You know, they're just kind of cruising along and, you know, them and the European uh, tour hold hands with each other, and then all the other ones are kind of there, you know, underneath of them. Well, somebody said, wait a minute, we're going to do something. We're going to have new ideas. And now suddenly they go, oh, really? Okay. So when Rory is out the front ripping the heck out of Liv, okay, then I guarantee in the background Rory's going with it now. They've got a couple things that are pretty impressive to try. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's going to be. We're not going to get, like, when we, when we see a tournament that's going to be no-cut tournaments with smaller fields, like they're going to try to do, we won't see, like, leaderboards that we have here at the, uh, at the player, you know, with dudes that we don't even know who they are. And I do a daggone sports radio show and love golf, and there were, like, three or four of them I never even heard of. So it's, uh, it's good. Competition is good, fellas. It's always good. Yeah, I just I think it's going to be interesting to see the the tournaments that aren't those designated what they get field wise, and then uh, with the TV contract with the sponsors, um, if they start getting bad fields, where does if that money drives up? And I don't know. There's a lot of well, things. You saw, you saw the other day. The other day it wasn't it wasn't the sanctioned one, and there was nobody there. Nobody right. played. And you I know. I, and then I, now, what was it? Four point five million he won yesterday. Yep. That's. That's unbelievable money. If yeah. they can sustain that, great. You know, great to them. I, I think what's going to happen, dude, is that after this year, somebody's going to come in bigger than the CW and put live on. Mm-hmm. I, I really believe so. They got a lot of good golfers over there, dude. Matter of fact, I miss them. My, my, my man, Charles Al the third. How about him? What did he win? He won like $5 million, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. We, so, were, yeah he, we were looking at that. He had won like $42 million in his career. And that one week, he won five on the live golf. How can you beat that? And look at him. He's off. He's with his family. 
he's another guy that I follow on Instagram. He's a great dude. Matter of fact, he's going to come on my show uh, here in a little while soon. So, but he is, uh, he's a great dude and a great golfer. And uh, he's won so much money. But, you know, he, he, nobody ever talks about him because he doesn't want to major and all that other stuff. But, yeah, um, there's good golf. Even, even Phil is... Looks like he got rid of his titty bow. <laughs> Might put the out on the air. Yeah. That's the biggest problem of this whole thing to me is Phil was right. Phil was right about everything that, uh, on the PGA Tour stuff that they were holding back and they weren't letting them use their, their videos and all that kind of stuff, and, and he's right. And I cannot stand it. It makes me want to throw up. That Phil right, Nicholson was right. A lot of people in home right don't like it either, but that's okay. Keep on rolling. <laughs> I agree with you, though. He is right, and... Uh, it is disgusting to say that about. Yeah, no doubt. I, I know we got to cut you loose, Jim. Yeah, you got some other stuff this morning. I got a couple more minutes. Okay. What else is on your mind? Man, thunder? It, it, the thunder. That's exactly where I wanted to go. At this point, with 15 games left, would you be more surprised if they didn't make it into the play-in, or more surprised if they did? Oh gosh, it would only it'd be like 51-49. But you know, I, I can see both sides. I'd probably be a little bit more surprised if they do get in, but. You know, they're playing well. They've got a, they got a second player that when Gilgis Alexander doesn't play, he can take over games, you know, in, in, in uh, Santa Clara Williams. And uh, they just got some dudes that are playing well, man. They really do. Here comes Jay, you know, playing better. So they've got now, – now, let's remember now, they played New Orleans with neither one of their stars in the game. And then they played San Antonio, who, I don't know, they might be a five seed of the back <laughs> So, I mean, you know, let's not go too far. But they're winning. They won the game, so that's all you can ask for. And um, here's the other thing, too, guys. Even though Gildas Alexander's not going to play now and he's back-to-back, they are so young that I think they have an advantage in back-to-back. You know, I'm telling you right now, when, if I, when I was 21 years old or 22 or 19, I could have played seven days in a row in the NBA. Mm-hmm. Seriously. You know, you none of that stuff bothers you. You might get a little sore. I remember when we get to, you know, in, when football would start, you know, the, the, after the first two a day, the next morning, no matter what shape you were in, you were hurting. But then the next day hurt a little less, the next day hurt a little, and then the next thing you know, you didn't hurt at all. You felt great. So they've got an advantage. The more games that they play, I think the better advantage it is for them because they're so young. Because, you know, they looked fairly fresh last night. So, um, yeah, they... Those are two games they should have won, and they did. So that's a good sign. You know, bad team. If you're a bad team, you lose games even even when you should win. And I know that uh, listening to Giddy and Bobby uh, last night on the pregame, I think they have the second easiest schedule left, even though they don't have a ton of home games. So it's almost like double the amount on the road, like what six right. and twelve, maybe or so. It's less than that now, but uh, but even even with that playing on the road a bunch coming up. They still have like the second easiest schedule uh, moving forward, especially the teams around them. And so, yeah. gosh, it's it's kind of fun. It, it's not as it's not nearly what it was, but at least it's not what we've seen the last couple of years, where you're bringing in dudes literally off the street to try to lose here at the end, uh, and and not even be trying to win games versus right. this. And you, no, you're exactly right. Exactly right. And you know what I said? I've been saying it for a while. I think the ideal thing would be to get into the into the play in. Uh, lose, and then get back in their lottery to see if you can maybe get really lucky. Uh, but get a little taste of an actual playoff type situation. You know, there's nothing better than playing a game where if you lose, you're done. You know, that's that's the that's the ultimate pressure. So it's a big thing. I'm in a great direction. It's all in Holmgren. I mean, it really is. I, I can't say it any different. It's all in Holmgren. If he's as good as they drafted, in other words, if he's good enough that he should have been the second pick, then this team's going to be really good. If he's not, then they're going to have to kind of uh, Yeah, I mean, can you imagine if he really is good with what we've seen from Shea and now Jalen Williams? Yeah. Dude. Well, just think about this. If he's as good as Jalen Williams, that'll be great. If he's better than him, yeah. Well, then the sky's the limit. And, you know, they'll get a big man. People, people keep crying about this. They'll get a big man. Big men are down to that. I always bring up, bring up plenty, you know. That kind of guy, you bring in a guy like that, 
And then when you play a big team, you play 30 minutes. When you play a small team, you can play like 50. Very, very easy. They'll, they'll get that guy. Don't anybody worry about that. Heck, they might get him like in the second round. You know, you never know. But they'll find a big one. Like if you can, how about if you can have Tessler? Huh? Yeah. Wow. That dude you was get that huge. Kind of guy? What'd you say? He was huge. I, I mean, just oh. seeing him, I was there that night, and that dude was, right. he was huge. Long. Dude. Yeah. Long. Yeah. It was, so, it was all right, a, fellas, I got to run. I got to go into the doctor. I go to the, uh, I go to the uh, doctor here who, uh, who does my toes, like like every five or six weeks. You know, when you're diabetic, you got to be this careful with your toes. But, uh, I'm, I'm getting ready to go in and get a pedicure. Oh, very nice. Yeah, although I'm not going to put him like, uh, you know, anything on there. I'm not going to put like, uh, oh, like Sean. They're not going to be. They're not going to paint your toenails. No, and and it, and my toes are disgusting, so I feel bad for her. <laughs> All right, Jim, man, thanks so much for joining us uh, as you do each and every Monday, and we'll be listening this afternoon. All right, fellas, thanks. See ya. You betcha. That's the ultimate Jim Traver joining us here. Uh, man, Thunder. It, it's really. What do you would you say one season ahead of schedule? Feels like well maybe at least one before the Chet injury. I would say we're right on par for course. Does that make sense? Like I almost expected this kind of a season with the first year of Chet. Okay, but then when he got injured, I thought, well, okay, we're just going to go back to the what what we were doing, and they've exceeded that. They've they've they're they're doing a lot better than what they thought after the Chet injury. So it kind of like. Okay, expectations were were added like here. Mm-hmm. You can't see it. Putting my hand up, then the injury went down. Okay, well the expectations go down, but now they're back up to where I expected them to play with Chet. Am I making sense? Yeah, if Chet was good, sure. I, yes, know, without really knowing what he was. If but, he was good, but if he was knowing good, that he he's going to get better. Yeah, yeah. If he's if he's good to start, then maybe it's a team that's on the periphery uh, of the of the playoffs, but in the play. Yeah, I could see that totally. It's, it's kind of like a nice surprise with after the Chet injury. Like, well, this is still nice. We're still winning, and and I think the best case because that's always going to be the argument now between now and we got 15 more games. By the way, eight road, six at home. Yeah, um, I knew that was a big split that's yeah. been gotten closer the, the last few. The bet for me, I'm kind of because the question is, well, what do we want to do? Make the playoffs or not make the playoffs and get possibly a, a high lottery pick? I think the best case scenario is make the play. Jim kind of said this: make the playoffs and lose. Make the play in. The play in. I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah. Play in the lottery. And lose. You still get in the lottery, but you get that playoff, that postseason experience mm-hmm. for these guys, and then next year, hopefully, take that next step. <laughs> because here's the thing: as exciting as it is, and it has been exciting, and it, and it's great to see, you know, Shea is an all star. And and it feels like not only is he an all-star, he has kind of cemented himself with this season as a guy that's going to be a perennial all-star. This isn't this doesn't seem like a one and done type year no, for it him. Doesn't. I mean, he is a legit all-star caliber player. But but you wonder how everything evolves this year differently if Chet is out there. Does Jalen Williams have the opportunity to break out the way that he has? If Chet, you know what I'm saying, mm-hmm. like but. But it's also upon those guys when that when that hole was made, the void was created, to be able to try to fill it. And he's gotten better and better at that. Man, I'm telling you right now, I, I think the the MV, or the uh, rookie of the year has been s- decided since December with the way that Paulo Bancaro started. But if you start looking at what's happening now with Jalen Williams, I think I heard the other day he'd scored, he had made six less baskets on like 87 less shots than Paulo Bancaro wow. throughout the year. You know wow. what I mean? They just when when you start if you start looking at the efficiency and that kind of thing, especially since you know the turn of the calendar year, the All Star. I mean, heck, since the All Star break, Jalen Williams has been amazing for the Thunder. Well, I'm curious how much time on the court does Bancaro have over Williams? Make sense? Oh yeah, like like in pure minutes played. Mm-hmm. So I mean, that's the efficiency of that could be factor in for what you're talking about with Williams. I just think he was so far behind early yeah. that it's going to be impossible for him to to, to make it up. Right. Let's see if I can find that. No, but it, his play has been a surprise. You know, I think we knew what we were getting with him uh, initially, but then what he's turned into has been fantastic. 
mentioned, um, I always say his name wrong, Jang. Mm-hmm. Been playing awesome. I mean, it's just a just a really fun team to watch right now. Yeah, he had a career high last night. Yeah. Um, as it was 17. And it, it does. It seems like he, let's see, game highs, da, 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 advanced. But I knew the – now, that's the thing we've got to think about. And I, I knew that um, it was announced that when it's a back-to-back, you're not going to get SGA on that second mm-hmm. game. Or or one of the two. Or or one of the two, right, right. Right. And didn't know – that was my question last week. Jim, I don't think he had heard that, but my question was, well, what does that mean? Is it to keep him healthy or is it to avoid a play-in spot? And, and also allow others, like we saw last night, to get more playing time and develop. I think it's a little bit. Of, I, I think it, it still little, shows you. It kind of might be a little win-win for, <clears throat> yeah, for SGA. Yeah, yeah. I, they're still not totally a hundred percent all in, right? Because there's still some some of that going on with developing. With, but here's the deal: they're better than we thought. Mm-hmm. You know, like Yuzman Jang is a perfect example. He's a 19 year old kid that missed half the season. It felt like. But he's he's played great. He played great against Utah when I was there. He played great last night. I mean, he's a 19 year old kid that doesn't that was raw coming in that doesn't have a ton of minutes under his belt this year, but doesn't look out of place. No, and that's about all you can ask for a guy like that, <clears throat> being that young, coming from a, a different place. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see, Williams average is 29.7 minutes a game. Um, Bancaro, 33.8. So he plays four full minutes a game more uh, than Williams th- th- for the season. Mm-hmm. And so uh, it's, it's too little too late, I think. Uh, but if you redrafted the draft right now, Jalen Williams is absolutely in the top five and maybe even <clears throat> as high as number two, depending on what you think about Jabari Smith, what you think about the idea of Chet, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but as far as performing on the floor, he's clearly been the second-best rookie this season. And that's just uh, – all that does is, get, you know, create a opening of a window for a title because you have this many more years not to pay him. Right. You know, and that, right. that's – there's going to be a reckoning at some point here in the next three or four years when it, because everybody is young and everybody's the same kind of on the, on the contract scale mm-hmm. coming up. The, there's going to be a huge reckoning at some point of, okay, we can't mess this up. We got to, we got to know this guy is in, this guy is out. We can pay this one. We can't pay, you know, and you can't, that, that's where because Oklahoma City can't necessarily attract these free agents, that's where you got to make the right choices. But for the first time in the Thunder's existence, they get to make these changes after they see the new CBA, not before. That's the one thing that's always been a problem for Oklahoma City. In the Harden Abaka thing, they chose the way they chose, but they didn't know what the consequences were yet. They right. found out later. Right. In the Durant thing, same way. They, they had to make choices before they knew what the deal was and, and the way that – all that money was thrown into the market at once allowed Golden State to open up that cap room to sign him. Absolutely. So they've always been on the wrong side of the CBA negotiations. This time, I think they're going to be on the right side of it. And maybe that's the difference in winning a title and not because you, can, you, you know what it is mm-hmm. and you can keep hold of a, a guy or sign a different guy that maybe you weren't able to the first time. Yeah. yeah. All right, let's, uh, we've got to go. We, got, we, we still have a lot that happened over the weekend we didn't talk about. Uh, high school basketball will be basketball. right off the top tomorrow. Uh, there's some controversy in the 4A boys final between Weatherford and Douglas. We didn't mention in the players how good Hovland played. I know, you know, he was, what, seven strokes back, but still finished third. Mm-hmm. Could he be a guy that's <clears throat> trending in the right direction at Augusta? Nope. You don't think so? Not until he fixes his short game. He's oh, not. Okay. And then there's the comeback of Ricky Fowler. Uh, had a nice weekend. He was there, at, not at the very top, but you saw, you know, you didn't have to scroll down very far to see his name. And he actually played pretty good yesterday. So, lots to talk about. There. Yeah, there's tons. I mean, the Masters is a month away. And it's. Uh, but now's the time we start keying yes. in, like, okay, oh, yeah. who are the guys we're going to keep an eye on between now and then? There's, there's two tournaments that make you think, okay, golf is on Phoenix, because of what Phoenix is, and because it's Super Bowl weekend, and then the players. Because mm-hmm. then you, the players happens and you go, Augusta's right around the corner, literally right around the corner. Right. And here we are four weeks away uh, from Masters Week, and you'll just be able 
you know, actually it's three weeks. 20th, 10th, 10th, and 4th, whatever. Anyway, <laughs> I just, yeah, 20th, 27th, 4th, week of the 4th, bam, there we are, or the 3rd. So three weeks. All right, we're in the outro. All right. <laughs> Sorry. I was just trying to think about it. <laughs> 10 seconds. Thank you to everybody here at Sarah National. Thanks to Jay Manning stopping by and yeah. giving us the, the scoop on what's going on. Everybody have a great Monday. We'll be back tomorrow with Skinny on Sports right here on the Sports Animal. You've been listening to the Skinny on Sports podcast with Aaron Cow. Be sure to hit that subscribe button to get alerts of when the latest podcast is available. Thanks for listening. That ball is blistered to right. Way back. Goodbye. Are you looking for a place to watch the excitement of March Madness? Maybe a spot to enjoy the final round of the Masters. Or do you need a venue to hold an alumni get-together? The clubhouse at Sayre National is your spot. Maybe you just need a spot to relax after a round of golf. The sports bar at Sayre National is the place with huge TVs and plenty of cold beverages to turn those bogeys on the course into birdies afterward. Don't forget the banquet room can hold a lot of folks with access to the sports bar as well. Come enjoy the atmosphere at Sayre National, Western Oklahoma's most inclusive club.